Welcome to the Matthias J. Barker Podcast. My name is Matthias. I'm a psychotherapist from Spokane, Washington. And this is a podcast about mental health and moving towards what's meaningful, even despite hardship. Today is a pretty interesting episode. This was the episode I recorded one month before I kind of blew up on TikTok, which is kind of a funny thing to have. Like my reflections on, I don't know, uh, success and the psychology of fame before launching into a very miniaturized version of it myself. Um, so that's cool. I, I think what's neat about it, there's a few things that stand out. So like this first section you're going to notice is me talking about how psychologically we can act, you know, around famous people the same way that we would act around a God or act around someone divine. And it's not that we actually think that they're divine. We just behaviorally organize our behavior around them in the same way that we would organize our behavior around someone divine. So that's interesting. And then, yeah, I'm channeling my inner Jordan Peterson here <laughs> in that first section. And then I just kind of move into, you know, the effect of the algorithm and the effect of just kind of being in the limelight. And, and uh, man, there's so much to explore here. I think I might make a part two to this one down the road and kind of give some updated insights because you'll listen. There's, there's some pieces of this that are kind of outdated now. Um, or, you know, I would probably change a few things and, and my theories or hypotheses about how this whole thing works but that's kind of the fun of having old footage right that's kind of neat so i hope you enjoy this talk from a year ago on the psychology of fame why do we call celebrities stars have you thought of that like what about them is like a star what are stars stars are Really, there's something that we've been looking at since the dawn of humanity. That we look at the stars to, well, to give us direction about how to explore the Earth. They're the reference point by which that we can guide ourselves and explore and understand where we are in the world. That's interesting. They're also uh, the constellations. They actually, they archive the past and they give a context for who you are in the present. And they even prophesy into the future. They, in some ways, were the... It was, it was the domain that people looked up to to give themselves an identity, to give themselves a context for who they are. They looked to the heavens. And we even know, we know this like underneath, like when we're watching these Disney movies, it makes sense to us when people wish upon a star. Or when Peter Pan, when, when he's taking Wendy and, and uh, her siblings into, you know, the realm of uh, never aging, he travels through a star. And that makes sense to us because stars are portals into this divine transcendent realm. They're this representation of something that is not of earth. And so in order to correctly orient ourselves on earth, what we do is we look to the stars. And, and this was really made clear to me through the work of Carl Jung and Jordan Peterson. And when I first really kind of started understanding that connection, it really brought into clarity some of the behavior that we see around people and celebrities. So for example, um, there's a, there's a seeming like religious devotion um, as, you know, within the behavior that especially I think younger kids, both boys and girls have towards their celebrity icons. So, I mean, what do you think all these young girls are doing when they're tagging Justin Bieber in their Twitter feeds and they're trying to DM him over and over and over and they're trying to get noticed? They're praying. That's what they're trying to do. They're praying to something divine. Um... You know, when you encounter a celebrity on the street, what's the first thing you do? You ask for a selfie, right? Or, or you ask for an autograph. And, and the reason we do that is really the same reason that Abraham or 
Jacob built an altar after talking to God. It was to kind of memorialize and create an artifact that told a story about a time that you interacted with God, that something happened where earth and heaven met. And you want to archive that and you want to show that you want, you want there to be a story to that because it was important to you. And that's what you're doing when you're taking a selfie. You're building an altar. It's pretty interesting. You know, so fandom in some ways isn't just about what entertains you. It's not just about what your interests are. It's, it's like, what are you being conformed into the image of? What is informing your past and your present and your future? What is, what is the directing force, the reference point that is guiding where you're going? It's worth reflecting on. This also brings up an interesting um, maybe thought experiment in reference to pursuing fame or trying to step into the public eye. Because I've been trying to make sense, and maybe you can help me in the comments, like, give me your thoughts here. Because I'm trying to make sense of, like, what's been happening with, I don't know, the advent of social media algorithms and how that's having an impact culturally on the mental health of people who are trying to step into the public eye. So I think I first started to kind of notice my own um, just mind shift around, okay, so I used to be kind of like an Instagram, like a landscape photographer. And, and that's really where I got a lot of these followers. So if, if you look up at the top and it says 40K, it, most of that was just for landscape pics, you know? So um, I've had this count for a long time. So I, I gathered all those followers because I was taking these photos that people really liked. But what I noticed with that was that some photos got way more likes than other ones. It was photos with like fog or a reflection in a lake or like a mountain just centered right in the middle with like a pretty person that was dressed up in Northwest hipstery gear, <laughs> you know, in the middle, like we're standing on a tree stump or something. And, and so what I noticed was that there was, there was times where my creativity would kind of push me outside of just taking a photo like that. And I would notice those photos wouldn't get a lot of likes. And that was interesting. And so what I started to do was um, take photos that I knew would get more engagement because here's something that happens is that um, companies will come and pay you lots of money if you have an engaged audience to plug their product. And um, that's kind of what paid for me to be able to go on these trips. And so it was this weird exchange where, um, I don't know, just ads and creativity were trying to kind of compete for the same space in my Instagram feed. And that created kind of a dilemma in me. And what I noticed was that I was taking photos that I wasn't even very excited about. And I was go getting up in the morning and taking photos of lakes that I probably wouldn't have, if, if I didn't have an Instagram following, I probably wouldn't have gotten up because I needed to keep the likes up and I needed to keep the engagement up. And because that's how I paid for these trips that I wasn't even enjoying going on. And it was like this weird cyclical thing and this feedback loop where I had this influence, but also I was being influenced from the bottom up. Does that make sense? It was, and, uh, and that was because of maybe my decision to exchange my creativity for the sake of money. And, um, and that was a choice that led directly to a feeling of, well, imposter syndrome, where I felt like kind of like a fake and people were inspired by my art, but it was me clicking into what I knew would get likes and, and ultimately everything kind of fizzled off because the reason maybe I lost a lot of followers, lost a lot of likes and an engagement was because uh, people hated seeing ads because when you put an ad and here's something helpful to know, especially if you're an influencer, when you put forth an ad and you come off materialistic, that's the opposite of divine, right? So if you're this symbolic like hero that goes on adventures and people are following your Instagram feed because you're this heroic adventurer, you're 
you're, you're um, you know, pioneering all this stuff, they don't want to think that you're materialistic and see an ad for McDonald's mixed into a feed full of mountains. That's just, that's, um, that's not the point. And so it humanizes you and people don't like it when they're creators, when they're divine, you know, models of emulation are materialistic and human. Because I don't fault people, like I, I don't know, like I follow people that do ads all the time and that's because, I don't know, especially if you have a large following, like an engagement like that with, with an ad, like an ad can be upwards of $100,000 if you are like in the hundreds of thousands or millions of followers and what are you gonna do? Like not pay off your house for the sake of creative integrity? Like that's a hard balance and it takes a lot of integrity to turn down things that you don't actually believe in or products that you don't think are actually helpful or things that you're interested in for the sake of what? Integrity. And uh, it's a force that I don't think many people can resist. And, and so it creates this imposter syndrome. So the whole reason I bring this up is because I think the algorithm of social media is actually creating a space where lots of people are becoming famous. Lots of people. It's, it's not just um, a few select people in Hollywood. It's like anybody. And, and specifically, people are becoming famous within these tiny subgroups. Like, if you ask anyone that's really like over the age of like, I don't know, 25, maybe 30, who Charlie D'Amelio is, they probably won't know. But that girl is dancing on TikTok and has 80 million followers. If, if you ask maybe any female who like Mr. Beast is on YouTube, ah, they probably wouldn't know. Maybe, maybe somewhat. But that guy's millions of subscribers on YouTube. He's he, maybe the most views, the most viewed YouTuber around right now. So like, there's people who have incredible fame. Like my dad just discovered who Joe Rogan is. <laughs> and like, my mom will never know who Joe Rogan is. And there's just these subcultures where people can be incredibly famous. Like Joe Rogan is the number one podcast on the planet. He has, I don't know, maybe the audience of like over a billion people watching his podcast, but there's tons of people who have no idea who he is. And so there's this interesting dynamic that's happening because of the algorithms where people, you know, really don't necessarily permeate all of culture, but they have an incredible amount of fame within a small subculture. And, and, and that's matched with, and I know I'm getting into the minutiae here, but, but follow me, there's a point at the end of this. That's matched with this shift that's happening on a lot of social media platforms where, where a lot of social media companies are realizing, okay, these influencers are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars for these big ads. We want that money. So actually let's keep, keep people lower and not let people ascend into these millions and millions of followers because then people will pay Instagram to boost their posts instead of paying some influencer that same money to just plug their product, right? And so there's actually an incentive on the social media company to not let people ascend into a large amount of fame. But they want good content and they want people making good content and kind of pursuing fame so that they're, that adds value to their um, platform. And so what's, what I see happening is tons of people are ascending to 20,000, 30,000 followers and then staying there. And I think that's on purpose. And I think TikTok's really the only space that's not happening where people can kind of still ascend, but I think it's coming like real quick, right around the corner. And so people are gonna have a small amount of fame with a very specialized group of people and they're gonna feel famous, but not actually be famous within the larger culture. And then mix that with this idea of creating content that they feel like other people will like so that it'll keep that, um, I don't know, that serotonin hit, that ego hit, you know, in homeostasis. And then that'll be followed by some sort of imposter syndrome and an incredible amount of depression. 
because you're living a lie to keep being important. Yeah. I see it. I see it on the horizon. And I see it in um, many of my friends. And I see it in many of my clients whose goal is to become a YouTuber or a TikTok, you know, creator. And it's happening. And uh, the thing that I fear is that there's this cultural belief that I will truly be happy and maybe I'll truly, my, my identity will have this transformation if I'm finally appreciated for the ways in which I'm unique. With no um, space for being content for the ways that you're ordinary. As if other people's appraisal of your uniqueness gave you value. And that, um, that's the problem I see underneath all of the minutia here and all of the ways that the algorithms and fame and, and even just psychologically how we're behaving towards celebrities. It's, uh, I think it's going to end in a lot of disillusionment and a lot of depression. And so here's the way maybe to uh, protect against that or here's the way to resist that. If you're a creator, make content that you feel is meaningful and true to you and don't get sucked into um, creating content that you think will get more engagement and more likes. Um, do something authentic and, uh, and be content if people don't engage with it as much. Um, you know, back off of being strategic, maybe, is one protective factor. The other one would be to be genuinely content with an identity um, that isn't dependent upon other people liking or engaging with what you make online. And, uh, and maybe the thing that inspires that is understanding how all these forces are acting upon you and then seeing that the end of this road really just leads in disillusionment if you let it. Um, but make art and, and, and still, you know, post it online. Just don't let your whole identity rest in that because it, it leads to depression and, and disillusionment. Be content with the parts of you that are ordinary as well. Don't hyper-focus on just trying to push forward your uniqueness. Enjoy time with your family, time walking around in your neighborhood, um, your job that you go to from nine to five. It's a beautiful thing to be human and alive right now. And uh, it doesn't need to be plastered on in, or, or shown in lights for it to matter. It can matter just right here, right now with you.